You are listening to the Worlding Podcast, where we explore the relationship of how we are both shaping and being shaped by our surroundings. The podcast traces interconnections by inviting each episode's guest to pass on the mic to someone who has influenced their world. And now, here's your host, dance artist Renee Schadler. Hello, my beautiful friends. It's so nice to be back at the mic after a gap between recording Series 8 and starting this exciting new series, Series 9, the 28th episode of Worlding. Time is really flying. And I'm kicking it off with my guest, Marta Incapier. Chari, a Colombian BIPOC artist based in Berlin. Marta works as a choreographer, performer, researcher, and as a decolonial dance and performance curator. Thanks so much for chatting with us, Marta. Hi, how are you doing? So nice to be here with you. Thank you so much for the invite. Um, yeah, really looking forward to chat with you. Yeah, I was so impressed going through even how to introduce you for this podcast because there are so many different hats you're wearing of curator and performer and even a researcher and activist. I didn't mention this. You were recently protesting at the Humboldt Forum in Berlin. So I know there's many directions this conversation could go in, <laughs> but particularly through the lens of welding and shaping and being shaped by our surroundings, mm -hmm. I would love to focus on your relationship to place and the soft activism work you're doing through your recent performance and stage work, Amazonia 2040, which was just presented recently at Tanzim August in Berlin. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there, there are many directions it looks like i'm going um in many directions but to me it's all part of the same practice like they they have all the same core and and so somehow for me it's kind of organic to mix them all all these perspectives when i move because i feel they open up the lens as you say of of what what I'm working with. And I, I think one perspective is, is not enough because it's very complex and it has, of course, many, many possibilities and many, many views and many ways of expression. So I think like only one media medium is, is sometimes it's not enough to, to approach it. Yeah. Mm. And my recent work, uh, Amazonia 2040, is a solo performance. Um, it's actually kind of duo of myself with a video installation of 55 minutes, 55 minutes long video installations and per installation and performance. Um, it's an homage to the Amazonia rainforest. And I talk about the past, the present and the future uh, of the Amazon and about the many Amazonias, you know, there are some of the many Amazonias because I cannot reach them all in just one hour. But um, I just try to have a dialogue with some of their peoples and, of course, with the river 
and the forest and the animals and the insects and the spirits of the rainforest. Mm. Yeah, when I was thinking about your work, I landed on this word, soft activism, two words actually, Mm -hmm. because I know in this performance, you're also interpreting a lot of research in a very felt and haptic way. Mm -hmm. And these are often statistics we receive through reports or articles about environmental conservation. And I'm very interested in how this activism goes through a dance performance, because I think this is something that is perhaps also new for people when they think about dance, that it is this form of activism and can be used to really um, motivate people and in a very pragmatic way. I think it's, it's, it's important to, to find a way to, to get the people involved, especially, you know, when they come to a stage and they get to sit down with no fun and in a dark place and and they take the time to to be present so i think i think this is really like a privilege and and i think what you say is it's very soft in a way that um i'm not pointing fingers but i it would be nice if someone ca- could be inspired and touched and and maybe to take this time in this in this space where we are isolated, we are, we are in a safe space where the where the energy is um, is also not not away with the um, with the sounds of the city, and and to really take the time maybe to reflect about what's what's going on and what is our position nowadays. Um, as humans in the planet, no, and 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 how can we maybe um, shift our position? Uh, because as as we can see, what's going on nowadays, the natural resources, with the with the way we are hurting the earth and the planet, with destructivism. Um, it's not. It's not working. It's, it's just. It's not doing well for for, not for the Amazonia, but it's. We have it also, here in, Ukraine, um, and it's all related to the soil, no, to to, to the richness, of the earth, and. And it's. It doesn't. If you see it in a political way, maybe it doesn't looks like. But in a spiritual way, it's the same war. It's the same war that is happening in the in the Amazonia rainforest with the natural resources. Um, so it's it's, it's mm. very it's, it's it's beyond it's beyond the performance, <laughs> and it's beyond it's um it's 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 not isolated. You know, it's all interconnected. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I know. Also, when you were creating the piece, that you spent three months in the Amazonias, and um, that was really in March 2020, so the start of the pandemic. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about that experience and really what your connection to place was? 
there during these three months and also coming in. I don't know if that was your first time in the Amazonias or how that was for you also um, coming to a new land, perhaps. Yeah, I, I had the chance to be in the, in the Brazilian uh, Amazonia, but the, uh, in 2020, I went to the Colombian I, Amazonia to make the research for the piece. And of course, the pandemic started uh, months before already in Wuhan, in China, but um, to Europe and to the Americas, it, um, it arrived uh, later. And in Colombia, the, in March 2020, they, the president announced uh, a total lockdown which meant like uh, airports were closed and also the roads, like you could not move from one town to the other town, uh, even little towns, not only cities. And also they closed. I was in a spot where you could easily move through the river to Brazil and Peru, like the borders there are quite open and but they also close the borders so uh, many many crazy things happen like like it was happening all around the planet no um mm-hmm. there was lots there was lots of uh, misinformation and panic and craziness and 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 of course, it was different um, than for the people in a city because we were still in open air, no, inside nature. So there was freedom to move, but there there was a lot of fear. It made me think about, like, about uh, five hundred years ago when colonization with the Spaniards arrived to the Americas and our our ancestors start to get all this sickness they didn't know before and they didn't know how to fight. So I, I could feel that panic and that confusion of what's going on with us. What, what is people getting sick? Why is people dying? How can we... Um, of course, they have the rituals, uh, medicine with the shamans, but uh, it's different when it's a sickness coming from abroad that maybe you don't know how the <clears throat> the plant medicines, uh, local native, uh, could uh, fight these sicknesses because there isn't there wasn't previous knowledge about it. Even though the the communities were they came together and stronger. Many of them. Um, performing uh, rituals that maybe were getting endangered, or or uh, and then uh, the communities were, were, were they came together to perform them uh, in a stronger way, and even the young people that were, that, that start you know they start to get influenced by tourism, and because colonialism colonialism is still happening, so. So the young people that maybe start to look outside of the communities and they get curious about all these people that are coming with different cultures and different uh, maybe 
yeah, perspectives and, and they start to get away from their communities, but then they go back. Um, and, but anyways, you know, it was, it was hard because anyway, the, the, the virus arrived and some elders got sick and even they died. Elders that were protectors of ancestral knowledge. So yeah, that was very, very critical. Yeah. It's so interesting. Also, this moment of climax that the pandemic creates. Yeah. Like in what you were saying also of this moment of isolation and how that can also strengthen a community that the younger people don't have this access like they did before to tourists and people coming in with outside goods, but they're actually connecting to place. I definitely felt that even in Berlin, uh, not being able to travel because I was traveling a lot for work. I think a lot of people in different locations really rooted down people that were often traversing space quite a lot. So to hear that also within a indigenous community, of course, they're also experiencing a similar reality of needing to connect with people nearby, not being so, yeah, international, but also not only on the perspective of moving outwards, but receiving people coming in. Uh, I think that's a, a shift I hadn't thought about before, actually, how communities that were being uh, seen as a spectacle, because I know this can happen a lot in the Amazonia, is that people go to see it and then they leave. Yeah. But what is that effect of coming to look and observe? How does that make a, a human feel, but also the surroundings, you know, when they're leaving litter, when they're stepping uh, on the earth more than perhaps the usual foot traffic would be? Did you feel that there was also this regeneration in the earth during the pandemic with less tourists? Yeah, of course, like like all around the planet, no having airplanes and not having traffic, like of course, like uh air conditions got better and and I think all around we could see like um we could see like nat nature blooming, you know, in the ways that uh, um mm. we don't we don't allow it. So it of course it happened also over there. Mm, you know, Latin America is a very complex <laughs> uh, space, and yeah, this happened that that the communities uh, got closer, stronger together, but also deforestation peak during the pandemic because um, also the little control that is over deforestation in the jungle, like was gone. So it, it, it didn't favor the jungle in that in that way. Yeah, that was what happened because anyway, many things stopped. The resources were still needed and commercialized. And so in that way, in that perspective, the the pandemic didn't favor the the the, the rainforest. Like deforestation got much worse um, from twenty twenty on, and I I don't think it it got better now. Wow, that's so interesting. 
deforestation in 2020 in the Amazonia was as big as Belgium, a territory big as Belgium. And last year, it doubled by 100%. And how do you juggle these different hats and also these different informations? Like even um, hearing it now and perhaps also for listeners, I definitely have this sensation of overwhelm of, yeah, there being so much that is difficult and complicated and feeling quite confused in that also being based in Europe and connecting to somewhere so far away also geographically. And I know you're physically moving between those spaces, like um, traveling between them. How is that for you uh, dealing with this information and also processing it physically through your work? To me, of course, it, it, it can be also overwhelming I try to be updated as much as, as I can. I'm like I'm in contact with several communities and and also with uh, scientifics. Like um, I work together with scientifics. Um, that they all became my friends, and we are in constant constant contact. So I um, and and, and of course is 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 to me it's painful. Like it's really painful and and it's overwhelming <laughs> and but then I I just I just um, when I did that piece uh, that I premiered also in 2020 in August 2020 uh, yeah. it was like I felt like it was the moment to to talk about it to me like I say okay. Um, I have to do this right now and to find a way to to translate it and to share with, with people that feel, especially here in Europe, that the Amazonia is so so far away and and they and the people don't have any relationship to it. Uh, and people also for security, also not to feel this pain or this overwhelm uh, construct uh, this distance. Uh, maybe also an in- intellectual or, or physical dis- distance. And yeah, I felt like to me it was just like the moment to to try to translate this into um, in a video installation and a live performance and what I could share with some others because it's, it's, it's really... Like even during the pandemic, like people were writing some articles that I was following in the press also, like trying to diminish the importance and the influence of the Amazonia. But even like every time we take a air, like when we breathe in, like we can do it right now, whatever you are doing, don't stop it. Just take a deep breath in. Very, very deep. And just continue breathing. And from this um, air that we just took once, 20% come from the Amazonia rainforest. And 20% is a lot, even if it sounds like very little. But this is a lot, especially when we are breathing uh, smog and pollution on a daily basis when we are in the cities. So, and this is just a, a little, a little 
a little number and a little fact. But of course, deforestation is only happening to for cow breeding. So it also related to the consume of meat and that is also happening to plant soya to feed the cows and and of course there, there there is also a lot of mining taking gold and petroleum and all the kind of um minerals that are all around the, the Amazon rainforest. That, that is also not just Brazil. Sometimes people think that I'm talking about Brazil only, but the Amazon rainforest belongs to six different countries. Like only Colombia, 40% of Colombia is um, is the Amazon rainforest, it's the jungle. 40% is a lot of country. And, and yeah, uh, it belongs to, it's, it's a huge territory. And the damage is happening all around. It's, it's not only happening in Brazil. Of course, because of Bolsonaro, eh, it's brutal what is happening in Brazil nowadays. Uh, and it gets lots of focus, as it should be, of course. But also because it, the press, especially in Europe, is is sometimes it's just looking to Brazil because um, it's also an economical economical partner very important to Europe and 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 the focus is there but otherwise they don't speak about the other other regions and countries and, and situations I, I have there I don't know how you see it but to me it's like this is how I perceive it mm, absolutely this complexity also of how six different countries connect through the rainforest and the cultures that take place in different parts, I can imagine it's very diverse, actually. And from the outside, sometimes it's very efficient to say, okay, this is one thing and this works like this, but actually it's also very violent. This is really mm -hmm. colonialism at its core, right? To project mm -hmm. from the outside what something is and how it should behave, a correct way of behaving. So as someone who's never been to the rainforest uh, in the Amazonias, I have to say, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> so it's really nice to really listen to someone who has firsthand experience and for you to share it so generally, um, so generously on the show. That's really important, actually. Mm -hmm. Okay, good, good to know. <laughs> good to hear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to... To, to board people with numbers and data, but um, but I, I think it's also important to to be informed. I know also that alongside the research you've been doing in the Amazonas, you've also been connecting with the Kuji people, uh, which are very interesting also in terms of the perspective of welding because yeah. I was reading some of the articles again that they themselves wrote so really also allowing people from that place to talk of that place and they were mentioning um, also their belief system that every object or being has both a spiritual aspect mm -hmm. and a physical reality both of which originate in thought and I found this very um, 
beautiful, actually, also in this perspective of shaping and being shaped by our surroundings that they weren't having the, this divide, actually, of internal and external, which can also be quite violent. Yeah, I've been uh, going already for a couple of years to this place, also in Colombia, north of Colombia, called it's a mountain known in Spanish, uh, the, the colonizer's name is La Sierra Nevada de Santa Marta, where it is uh, inhabited by four uh, native communities. There are one is the Kogi, and the others are the Aruacos, uh, the Wiwa, and the Cancuamos. And they come all from the Tairona culture, but they divided in four different families. And they have each, they have their own language and they they share a base, very strong spiritual base, but they they have their own culture and they, they are very strong. They are, uh, they never got colonized by the Spaniards because they protect themselves up in the mountains. This, this is a very special mountain because it starts by the sea in the in the Caribbean of Colombia and it finishes up with snowy peaks. So in this mountain you can find actually all the climates and habitats that are that exist in the planet. So that's uh, why is they call it the heart of the world. So as the Amazonia are is is the lungs of the planet, then this mountain is the heart of the planet. And it functions as a, as a mirror of what's going on um, in the planet. Uh, and they can read it like, for example, I don't know if you remember in... 2019 the fires in Australia yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah very difficult yeah and before uh, it happens the the fires the, the, the this mountain was burning for the very first time in a, in a very hard way that they couldn't control they have fires and but they have been always able to control them and in 2019, it, they became beyond their power to, 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 stop, to be in stop. And, and, and two very important towns where shamans go to get their knowledge and were born. And then they took it as a sign of a not very positive um, situation to come. And then the fires in Australia came. And then also the fires in the, in the Amazonia, which is also happens in the Amazonia usually, but not as strong as it happens in 2019. And from the, from then, from there on, also in 2020, like every year is, is just getting worse and worse. Um, so, yeah, so I've been <laughs> working with these uh, communities and collaborating with them. And... It's been very beautiful because it's also, as you say, as this, I think they are also soft activists. They are like peaceful warriors. Um, and their relationship with nature, the dialogue with nature is 
it's like the base of their culture and it's very very strong and they and they resist all these years of colonialism to to keep it to keep it safe um their ancestral knowledge and of course nowadays it's also it's getting endangered again because of tourism there are so many people coming now to this mountain from all around the world and and also agriculture like people are, are buying the land again to put cows and to plant they, to make their own business so they are they are they are getting invaded again um and also people uh, yeah approach them because extractivism is not just in relationship with the with the air but there's also knowledge extractivism and spiritual extractivism and yeah some people are also behind this with the it's not in favor of the communities it's not a reciprocal relationship usually and yes they have a common relationship also with the people of the amazonia but i think you say you talk about god when you talk about it like but they they believe in the like this figure of god is not a god but it's a goddess spiritually they have of course many common points with the amazonian cultures even though they are each very particular the source of it all is a female source and which is also reflected in what the earth is now the earth energy is female the spirits are not divided from the earth or from the body or from the everyday life and it's more like a holistic holistic point of view or even from politics from what we from what we know as politics or for what from what we know as religion is uh, all interdependent and in- interconnected and they are not separated issues mm. actually what i was reading was not so much linked to gender but the relationship with place so this idea of thought and um, object and spiritual aspect or being interconnected. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Aluna was this belief that they were speaking about, about that all reality is created by thought. And I thought this for the perspective of worlding is very interesting for me how the division, this binary of even male and female on a very like a uh, small level but also of of me and place was really broken down and it was very entangled uh together which for us is really this ecological thought that has become quite present in certain circles of european thinking and talking at the moment it's become a big topic but it's actually within these cultures been a a practice of lifetimes since uh since we know since they know and definitely coming from australia and having uh siblings that are from indigenous community there was never this divide this this is something that's come after and um right is really something that i think you're addressing to go back to the piece amazonia 2040 that 
this interconnection also of time, of past, present and future and of human body and land as being outside of that is something that uh, you're really addressing, which I find very on point, especially at the moment in these uh, huge ecological disasters. How do we how do we return to this knowledge and really uh, value it actually and listen to it? (laughs) Yeah. I think this is the main point to really, really listen. And lots of people, that's a new practice. A soft activism and listening is, is something that um, we're learning now through absolute necessity. Yeah, totally. This, this, this chaos and catastrophe that we are experiencing yeah, absolutely. I would love also to share with listeners a little bit from Amazonia 2040 because there's a beautiful yeah. moment in the work where you invite audiences to touch soil and be with soil. Mm-hmm. And as part of this podcast, I'm inviting guests to share a proposition with listeners so we can embody your research and I have a special request that you share this moment with us. Um, yeah, is that possible? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I mean, I, I, I don't know what people may be up to right now, what they are doing while, while, while listening <laughs> this. But yeah, what I want to uh, invite you to do is just no matter what you are, try to find... Um, a pinch of earth, like something that you can grab in one hand, just a little bit of of, of soil, no matter where you are, if, it, if you are in apartment or an office um, or in a studio, like try to find around you a plant or maybe you have to go out to the street. So let's see how far from you is the soil or a little bit of earth right now if you have to displace yourself and to move around to just to grab some in in one hand you have yours i have my earth okay you got it okay yes so just like uh feel it with your fingers and just perceive the texture of the soil the temperature and see if there is something else inside, like maybe stones and maybe any other kind of material that you can recognize or not. And we are going just to recall this conversation from today And we're going to grab one idea that we can do to to be soft with the earth or to support the earth in any of the things that we can think about. Just pick one, one situation. It doesn't matter what it is. I just think of one situation and how you can help to support it, to heal or to recover. Something that you think you you 
could do or not even yourself something that you think that it could be helpful or necessary nowadays or something that could shift one of the situations of the ideas that come into your into into your head right now just pick one and use just think of a situation that you can do or think about even if you cannot do it yourself physically if you think it's, it's not possible to to go out and do it yourself today or tomorrow just it doesn't matter just think okay what I believe or what I feel like the planet or the earth could need right now is this and this and this Do you have yours, Rene? Could you pick one? Yeah, it's very complicated. <laughs> Just go for one. One situation and... Okay, I have one, yes. You have one. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can just pick one of the things that we spoke about today. Mm -hmm. And then decide, okay, I will do this to support the earth or this could happen to make a situation uh, better. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you, you yourself are not able to do it physically. Okay, and once you got it, you're going to plant this idea into this earth in your hand. Just think that this idea became, becomes a seed and put it into, into the soil in your head. Just plant it there. And then you're gonna see this seed inside the soil in your head. And you're gonna see it growing, started to make some roots and uh, little green things coming out of the seed and it's starting to grow. And you see it becoming little by little bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. until it becomes a little plant inside your hand that you can hold it with your hand. And you can see the shiny green, the new green when it's like a spring coming out. And once you see that it's a little stable plant inside the palm of your hand, you're going to go back and you're going to plant it into the soil, back into the soil. Whatever you took it from, go back and plant it there. And then, yeah, you can... Leave it there and some in, from time to time put some water 
and watch it grow and watch it thrive and see what happens with your seed planted in this soil. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Marta. I I feel very <laughs> a very strong desire to share my experience. Is that possible? <laughs> of course. Please. I know everybody I know everybody has different experiences depending where you are. Yeah. But um I actually took some soil from like a little fern that sits next to my computer on my desk. Okay. Yeah. And it was so nice to see the the soil was quite wet. Okay. And I noticed like I also tend to water it quite often because I see it so much and we're kind of working together. Yeah. But I also realized that it, it doesn't need so much water. And I think this is also really nice to listen to what the plant requires. Like I thought actually this process of spending time with, I know I've been working recently with the Quilambaki in Sao Paulo and I was talking to them when we started working that as a Caucasian artist uh, from European background, I also felt that inviting them into a project could be also a little bit this uh, extractionism, yeah, as a European uh, approaching this group and inviting them in, even though, of course, we're sharing resources and uh, they're benefiting from the project and they, they come to it willingly. I was I was interested in how we could work in a decolonial way. And they said it's about... Um, maintaining connection so it's not about coming and taking the trees and leaving but continuing to tend to and in this tending relationship and stewardship actually listening to when they need water or not or not being overly careful so it was a really nice reminder of that um yeah how how that relationship can be very healthy also if you listen to it yeah yes great (laughs) Thanks for sharing. <laughs> yeah, pleasure. And now it's on my desk. I see it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a nice reminder. <laughs> yeah, you can check it out from time to time. Yeah. Um, for listeners also to experience Marta's work live, I would like to also invite you to a Moving Across Thresholds festival weekend that um, Marta will be facilitating on the 26th and 27th of November in Stralsund, Mm -hmm. which is the north of Germany, and it's free for participants. I've mentioned it on the podcast before. It's an ongoing lab that I'm facilitating and curating around barriers and the act of crossing them, so how we can really think into these um, perceived edges or structural limitations, whether they be cultural or physical, and really look into them as ways of moving and thinking differently. So you can find the details on the movingacrossthresholds.com website. And we'd love you to join us in November and go deeper into Marta's beautiful research into place. And especially if you get a chance to see Amazonia 2040, you're still touring it, I believe, Marta. It's uh, continuing yeah, yeah, I, I I have a couple of dates, so 
yeah, I, I will be a little bit on the road. Yeah, I really encourage people to check it out. It's a beautiful, a beautiful thing to witness live. And before we wrap up this show, who will you pass the microphone on to, continuing the string figure from our conversation today? Well, I, I would like to keep it as a surprise. <laughs> For you all, <laughs> because many people come into my mind, uh, people I, I, we, I've been working with, and and they are very, very important, and, very, and they have a lot to share. But um, yeah, it, it, will, it will be like a continuation of the topic in a different direction, a very particular direction, of course. But yeah, I, I, I will like to keep the people curious just to connect next time and to see where are we going from here. Wow. If it's okay for you with you, Rene. Absolutely. I love the suspense. Okay. <laughs> it's great. It also allows us to continue the listening practice. Yeah. Let's listen to right. what Marta lines up on the next episode. And um, yeah, with a perspective of curiosity and not knowing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's a really beautiful invitation for some soft activism. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful to be here with you. Thank you for listening to The Worlding Podcast. Gefördert durch die Beauftragte der Bundesregierung für Kultur und Medien im Programm Neustart Kultur. Hilfsprogramm des Tanzen des Dachverband Tanz Deutschland.